and welcome to West Franklin Talks. My name is Dave Cruz, and staring at me through a computer screen is our campus and teaching pastor, Matt Pearson. Hey, everybody. So, a little different episode for us today. We are still physically not gathering, so I am sitting upstairs in my uh, bonus room at my house with all our recording equipment. Matt is sitting at, well, where are you, Matt? I am at the church at West Franklin in my pastor's office. And so we are meeting over Microsoft Teams so we can see one another, recording into my computer, hoping this all works. So if it sounds a little uh, different than it normally does, now you know why. If you hear noises in the background, that means my kid is being super loud or Matt is banging around on his desk. One of the two. So... Y'all don't know this, but Matt secretly wants to be a drummer, and so he will um, use his knees and slam them into the desk in an attempt to play the drums. Sometimes it hurts. It does. Probably not the best way to play the drums. All right, so today we have uh, decided we're going to go a little lighter route than we normally do. We, uh, we talked about Nathan Page and his resignation on Monday. Today we thought, let's just do something that's not quite as um, intense, and maybe we'll give folks uh, a little bit of laughter towards the end, and maybe give you some things that you might be interested in grabbing off of Amazon while you are at home. So, Matt, what are we talking about today? Yeah, Dave, today we thought we'd help our listeners with a couple things. Number one, uh, just give some book recommendations, one of our favorite books of all time, what we're reading now, what we hope, uh, a book we hope to read this year. And two, I uh, want to give our listeners a good laugh. Um, there's some bloopers we have made in ministry, uh, and I thought it'd be helpful to uh, share those and just um, put a smile on some people's faces today. Sounds good. So we're going to start with books. Matt, as we talked about this yesterday, we kind of said, hey, let's give a book or two that are that we're currently reading, and then a book that we have uh, found just to be very valuable in our ministry, in our life, and then a book that we hope to pick up in the very near future. So why don't you start out with, hey, a book or two that um, you're currently reading, and why you like it. A book or two that I'm currently reading. Can I say this first? I mean, I don't know what you're about to say, so sure. We threw, we threw out a couple of really good recommendations on our very first episode. Study Bibles, things like that. And so if you want to dig in further, go back to our very first episode, Spiritual Disciplines, Scripture Reading, I believe was was the title, something along those lines. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, there's two books I'm reading now. I'm cheating. It's only supposed to do one, but let me mention two that I'm reading right now. One is a book that is convicting the fire out of me. The other is a book that is strongly encouraging and challenging me. The challenging one is called Adorning the Dark by Andrew Peterson. It was on my blog at the end of the year when I wanted to read this year. Uh, he is, of course, a songwriter, uh, musician, incredible work. Um, and I, I, I've been eager to get my hands on this book. And even though I'm not a songwriter, I do enjoy writing. And what he says about art, the discipline of writing, the joy of it really resonates a lot with me. I, I love to read about how he uh, has a relationship with the Lord and some of the some of the nuances of that. And so very good, encouraging and challenging and challenging read. And he and his family live in Nashville or in Middle Tennessee, and they talk a lot about that. And so I, I, I encourage our readers, our listeners to, to get a copy, Adorning the Dark by Andrew Peterson. And we'll link to this in the in, on my blog 
uh, to be available on uh, when this airs. Another one I'm reading now that I'm really just now beginning to read, but it's it's scary. The title's scary and it's very convicting. It's called When Narcissism Comes to Church by Chuck DeGroote. When Narcissism Comes to Church by Chuck DeGroote. Uh, I've grown up in church and a lot of what he says I've seen, I've experienced. I think a lot of what he says is the reason many people aren't in church anymore. And to be honest, I, there's been a lot of times I'm turning the page and it's been, uh, is this me? What is what is God saying to me? How is this revealing who I am? And he's very redemptive in his approach. He's not condemning. He says, here's how it shows itself. Here's where it is. Here's some ways you can find wholeness and healing in it. Uh, but again, narcissism, When Narcissism Comes to Church by Chuck DeGroote. So that's what I'm reading right now, Dave. What say you? So I am reading Creativity, Inc. by Ed Catmull. He is the president of Pixar Animation and Disney Animation. And it is, uh, it, it's a book about the creativity, how they foster creativity at Pixar while still moving the ball forward in terms of being a business. So it's a, it's a fine line, he says. Um, I've really been challenged, especially by the first third of the book, just a lot of their... Uh, uh, philosophy and ethos that they try to instill at their company. Uh, he talks about his approach to creativity and failure, uh, his, his uh, approach to the unknown, and it's really been encouraging and challenging me, especially right now with a lot of unknown happening, but just as I think about our, our campus and the leadership that we're providing and just going, how do we be creative while still having to work within the confines of churchdom and, and you know, all of that. So his, his budgets are a little bigger than ours, but I believe a lot of the processes and thoughts that, that they use uh, can can be considered, some of them easily transferred to the church, some of them not as easily. But I've really been encouraged by it. Um, I'm moving really slow through it. Uh, I feel like I've been reading it for about seven weeks now just because I'm reading a chapter or two and then just really having to chew on it and think. So that's what I'm, I'm reading right now. Uh, we said next we wanted to go to talk about a few books that uh, over the years that have really encouraged us or we've gone back to, and I don't know about you, but I really worked hard to get my list short. Um, I know you probably have a ton of these also, Matt, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned on the podcast. I know I have on my blog, but um, probably all-time favorite book outside the Bible, at least top five, is King's Cross by Tim Keller. It's really, this is going to sound super boring, but trust me, it's not. It's really a commentary on the Gospel of Mark. Uh, but it is done incredibly well. And the reason I love it and go back to it from time to time is simply because Keller has a gift of writing, of course, with, with unique style and always showing how what Jesus did, what he said, how he maneuvered his life, always centered around the cross and how how the cruciform life that he lived and and he accomplished uh impacts us uh, it's just rich it helped me love yeah of course the gospel of mark and uh, and and the word better but helped me love jesus more and uh king's cross again i will i will link it in and on my blog for you but uh highly recommend it, especially if your spiritual life is stale right now 
and you're just kind of going through the motions or just feel real dry, encourage you to get your hands on that book and uh, just begin reading it. All right, Matt. King's Cross. That's great. Hey, before we go forward with your next book, let me acknowledge that we just had a technical challenge and we've had to change how we are recording Matt. So he is now on his phone and is going to sound drastically different than uh, he did earlier. Say hey now, Matt. Hey now. Technology was locking up on us and we needed to change gears. So we were talking about books that we have found encouraging, useful throughout our life. And so you just talked about King's Cross. Do you have any others, Matt? Yeah, I'll mention, I'll, I'll mention one more. And this is probably, unfortunately, going to be more for pastors or, or church leaders. Uh, but it's one that has impacted me tremendously. Really anything by Eugene Peterson, but this book in particular, it's called Under the Unpredictable Plant. An Exploration in Vocational Holiness. Let me mention that again. Under the Unpredictable Plant, An Exploration in Vocational Holiness. Eugene looks at the life of Jonah and does an incredible, only Eugene Peterson can do this, incredible exposition of Jonah and relating it to the life of the pastor. He's got a series of books on the pastorate and what it looks like to walk that out vocationally and biblically and under the unpredictable plant about the story and life of Jonah and how it relates to pastors is compelling, convicting, encouraging, challenging all in one. And so if you're in any kind of leadership capacity as a church leader, highly, highly recommend that book. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that book. It's on my to-get-to-one-year list. Now, let's see what you got. I have a few, and so I'm trying to figure out how to whittle it down. Um, I read a lot of leadership books, and so two leadership books that I've read over the last little bit have um, really just stuck with me. The first one is uh, Lincoln on Leadership by Donald Phillips. Uh, it explores how Lincoln led through the Civil War, just his philosophy, and um, it's it's a book that it, it's not geared towards the church at all, but it has a lot of encouragement, a lot of wisdom within it, and uh, the author does a great job of looking at Lincoln's correspondence and distilling leadership truths out uh, and then making them applicable to today. Uh, so uh, Lincoln on Leadership by Donald Phillips. Another leadership book that I read recently that had really stuck with me is Extreme Ownership, uh, How U.S. Navy yeah. Seals Lead and Win by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. I have read so many leadership books because of my doctoral program and just I kind of enjoy those things. This book came at leadership from such a different perspective than any I had ever encountered that it made me just kind of stop and go, yeah. I've been very one-dimensional in my approach to leadership. And so lots of just simple truth that when you embrace it, you find yourself going, oh, yeah, this this feels right. Yeah, so I know, a great book. Yeah, I know you've read that one too, Matt. Uh, another one that I want to mention, uh, Choosing to Cheat by Andy Stanley is a great oh, one yeah. for, for yeah. ministers especially, but I think for any person who has a job that competes with family, Yeah, choosing to cheat. It, it's all about, hey, you have so many hours and you have so many responsibilities. You, you are going to have to cheat something. Are you going to cheat your family or are you going to cheat your job? And he, uh, Stanley, makes a strong case for cheating your job because we're called to lead the family. So, yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. And one more if I can. 
because yeah, it's, sure, it's, please. I read this in my doctoral program a couple years ago. I picked it up because it was assigned. I thought I was going to hate it. It was one of those, I'm just going to sit down and run through this book and just get through it and write whatever papers I had. And I got about two chapters in and thought, this book is challenging me in such a way that I had to actually slow down, uh, revisit it, and uh, probably one of my favorite books I read through all of my doctoral program. It's uh, Making Peace, A Guide to Overcoming Church Conflict by Jim Van Yeprin. Even though it says it's about church conflict, it really is about conflict between people, and it it's deep, but it gives a biblical perspective, a biblical reasoning for how we as believers should approach uh, conflict, for approaching apologizing, forgiving uh, people, asking for forgiveness. Man, it, it wrecked me for, for a season. And I go uh. back to just some of the principles in it every once in a while to remind myself, uh, because let's be honest, we're all selfish and we don't like to forgive and we don't like to admit that we mess up. And so right. um, one of those that if I encounter someone who's really going, man, I just I'm struggling with with forgiveness. I put it in their hands. I beg them to read it nine times out of 10. They won't because it's so big, but it's good. A little more than than um, I meant to share there. But hey, some good books because we all have a lot of extra time. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. I hadn't heard of that last one. Yeah. So I, I've got a copy in my office. I'll put it in your hands and you can run through it if you want. So. Okay. Um, or actually, you. you're in the office. Just go over to my office and get it. You, you care? You care? I'll wash my hands before I go in there. I mean, you got gloves and a hazmat suit. Uh, no. Okay. Well, why don't you just wait till I come in and I'll get I'll get it to you somehow. <laughs> okay. So okay. we'll figure it out. Uh, hey, yeah. all right. So we've talked books that we're currently reading. We've talked books that uh, we have read over the years that have really kind of challenged us and stuck with us. What about the future, Matt? What are you looking at reading in the near future? Hopefully. Well, I've got two that are on my want to get to list. Um, one, I heard a podcast about it. And I, I, I leaned in because of this whole we're having to do church via digital now. And the title of the book is called Analog Church, Why We Need Real People, Places, and Things in the Digital Age. And I thought, yeah, 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 whatever. But the guy who wrote it, Jay Kim, is in pastoring in the center of Silicon Valley, to where everything is, is, is digital and been digital. And he writes this book about the importance of real people and real places. So I haven't read it. I was intrigued by the interview and the podcast. And I thought, you know what, that might be something to take a look at, especially if this continues to go on. And I am longing to be with real people. Uh, another one that I, that I, I hope to read within this next year or within the next year or two, it's called The Ruthless elimination of hurry, how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. Long title, but let me give it again. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of the Modern World, and it's written by John Mark Comer. He and the guy who wrote the foreword, John Ortberg, are disciples of Dallas Willard. I'm a huge Dallas Willard fan, and I find myself hurrying even when I, I need to relax, I say I need to hurry up and relax. And so I, I've heard some interviews with Comer, and I really think this might be a good book to get my arms around in the near future. It's interesting that you're about to read a book on hurry when we're all stuck at home. I know. Isn't that weird? That's fine, though. I, mean, I, I still feel like my soul is rushed. I mean, it's email this, text that, yeah. you know, it's crazy. 
I was telling someone the other day, even though we are uh, separated, I feel like I'm busier than I've ever been. And so just yeah. trying to adjust to new realities. Bizarre. Very bizarre. Well, I got, I've got two books that I'm considering for the near future. Uh, one came as a recommendation from the guy who wrote Canoeing the Mountain, Todd Bolsinger. Uh, he was yep. with the Brentwood staff a few weeks ago, kind of walking us through his book and answering our questions. And in the course of all that, he mentioned a book by... Oh, I'm going to mess this guy's last name up. Alan Dushman, D-E-U-T-S-C-H-M-A-N, Dushman. I hope that's how you pronounce that. Probably not, but good try. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, never been great with that stuff. Change or Die is the name of the book. Could you change when change matters most? And uh, he challenged us with this book. I ordered it before the whole COVID-19 kicked in. And now I think, you know, things really are going to change when we get back. So I'm hoping it's a good read. I hope it's a good challenge for me. The next one that I'm looking at is uh, called A Leadership as an Identity uh, by Crawford Loritis, L-O-R-I-T-T-S. Loritz. Loritz, sure, that too. Uh, so it's four traits of those who wield lasting influence. It kind of looks at, hey, these are four common traits that that leaders of great influence need to have brokenness, uncommon communion, servanthood, and uh, radical and immediate obedience. So I'm looking forward to both of those. All right, Matt. So I'm looking at the counter. Do you want to keep going on and do some fun stories? Get ready. You might want to be sitting down. This was when I was a youth minister intern at the church where I eventually became a youth minister. It was the summer between my junior and senior year at Auburn University. I was the youth intern at Woolly Springs Baptist Church, youth summer intern, I should say. And I was going to do a lesson on purity. And I came across an illustration where I was going to, was supposed to mix a little tiny bit of dog poop in some brownies, bake the brownies, and then have them available for anyone who wanted them and telling them that you can have a brownie, but before you eat it, you need to understand there's dog poop in it. Assuming everybody would be like, gross, that's disgusting, that's horrible, no, I'm not going to eat it. And then say, well, keep your life pure because one little bit of poop can destroy the whole batch, that kind of thing. Well, I didn't have time to bake brownies, and so I went to the store and got some little Debbie brownies and went to the side of the road and found some dog poop on the side of the road and went and uh, got a knife and smeared dog poop on the bottom of every one of those little Debbie brownies. This is beyond disgusting, Dave, but the dog had had worms. So I go Wednesday Wednesday night to church, and I have a plate full of Little Debbie brownies with dog poop smeared on the bottom, and I proceeded with my illustration, and I said, you're welcome to have any of these brownies that you want, but you need to understand, you need to look on the bottom of them of what I've done. Well, I forgot the power of peer pressure for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade boys. And when one of them does it, they all do it. And before I knew it, every one of those brownies were in the belly of these middle school boys. Well, there had been this guy who had been coming for a little while who we, who did not know Jesus. We had been praying for him. He came, and he happened to eat one that night, Dave. And he got gravely sick. The next day, Thursday was my off day. I was mowing my yard, and I, I, I got a phone call. It was a voicemail, and I had to come inside, and I called the lady back. It was his mother who said some 
not PG things to me sure. uh, for what I had done, which I fully deserved. I hung up the phone, called the pastor, told him what had happened, and he, in a very nice way, said, what in the world did you do that for? One of the dumbest, most idiotic things I've ever done as a minister, of course, a student minister at that, and I uh, learned a pretty good lesson. Don't, don't do that, because junior high boys will do just about anything to get some attention. So as soon as you said you were a student minister, I thought we could stop right there, because I'm sure that in, in and of itself is humorous, Yeah. too. But yeah. as soon as you said dog poop and brownies, I thought, seventh grade boys, you, I knew right oh, where yeah. you were going. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Bad move on my part. Oh, Big time. yeah. Um. I, I really think that that's probably enough for the, this podcast right here. There's no need to go to any other fun <laughs> stories because that, well, we got to save yours. We got to save yours. You've got some good ones. I know I've got, I've got several from years in student ministry that, that I can share. Some of them I can't share, but I'll share the ones I can over time. <laughs> so, okay. all right. Well, listen, we, uh, we've talked about books. We've talked about humor. I think Matt, it might be time to head towards unpack. All right. And we're back with this week's portion of Unpack, where Matt shares one truth that he could not fit into this past Sunday sermon. So, Matt, take it away. Yeah, I got to talk about the thirst of Jesus, and we looked at different passages in John. I want to go back to the John 4 passage for a second. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, the woman who'd been married five times and was living with a man who was not her husband. Obviously, there's so much more that can be said about this, but I just want to encourage and challenge those who have found themselves at home in front of their internet vastly longer and more than they ever anticipated. And perhaps some of you listening had made some good headway towards not visiting those quote-unquote forbidden websites, um, and you have found yourself either addicted again to uh, pornography or dabbling in it again or finding it worse than you ever were. One, let me give you hope. You are forgiven as a child of God. You you are free. You are you can be made whole. Uh, that's why Jesus died. He knew we were going to mess up and we needed him. But two, let's learn a lesson from the woman at the well. She was addicted sexually. And Jesus said it will never satisfy. Now, God created sex, of course, but he created it within certain bounds. But there's something else so much deeper that we are made for, and that is a, a love-filled, delight-given, identity-shaped, purpose-given relationship with Jesus. And so I just want to plead with you. One, don't believe the lies of the enemy and know that you're forgiven. Two, don't believe the lies of the enemy and think it can satisfy you. It never will, was never intended on it. So don't waste this time. Uh, you can't do anything about yesterday, but you can do something about today and the and tomorrow and the next day. And it's not about making new commitments to the Lord apart from you need him. So tell him you do, ask him to show you how good he is and watch what he does. All right, Matt, thanks for that truth. Uh, we're coming to the end of another West Franklin Talks. Uh, let me remind you, we are still not gathering on our campuses, so that means no Wednesday activities, no Sunday services on our campus. However, you can still connect with us socially. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Search for the Church at West Franklin. You can uh, 
Connect with us over email, mpearson at westfranklinchurch.com or dcruz at westfranklinchurch.com. You can text Franklin to 623-623, and that will shoot one of our staff members just a brief message, share what's going on, ask for prayer, uh, let us know how you're doing, or you can do the old-fashioned and text me or Matt or call us. We're not going to give our cell numbers over the podcast, but you can reach out to us over email and we'll be sure to share those with you. Matt, any final thoughts for you as we wrap it up? No, just let me encourage everyone to... Just encourage everyone. No, Dave, it's been a good episode. Thanks. All right, Matt. Well, on behalf of Matt, I'm Dave Cruz. This has been another episode of West Franklin Talks. We look forward to seeing you the first of next week with another special edition of West Franklin Talks. Have a great day.